On today's broadcast, Starburst Labs, the creators of Wealthbox CRM, raised six and a quarter million in new capital. The XY Planning Network inks an enterprise pricing deal with eMoney Advisor. Morgan Stanley pays a $13 million settlement for billing mistakes across 149,000 customer accounts. And the document management provider, Cabinet Paperless, gets acquired by SciGen Software. So get ready, FBPAD Bits and Bytes begins now. Hey everyone, I'm Bill Winterberg and thank you for joining me for this week's Advisor Technology News Broadcast. Now, longtime subscribers will notice that yes, this is not a video broadcast, it's an audio podcast. So while I have decided to suspend the video broadcast, I hope that this audio podcast will be something you can continue to include in your routine, maybe on your drive to work or while you're running on a treadmill or whatever you do. So nevertheless, if you're inclined to just read about technology updates, have no fear, because I'm posting the full transcript of these broadcasts over on my website. And this week, you can find it over at fppad.com slash 203. So without further ado, let's get started. This week, Starburst Labs, which is the New York City-based company, formerly known as Gotham Tech Labs, that makes Wealthbox CRM, announced it raised six and a quarter million dollars in Series A funding. So back in December, when the Financial Planning Magazine Technology Survey came out, Wealthbox CRM was one of the few movers and shakers in that survey who rose up to the ranks in overall adoption. Most of the other companies basically stayed in the same positions as in previous surveys. So Wealthbox CRM basically launched from zero users on February 11th, 2014, which I remember because... February 11th is my birthday, and in under three years has ascended to the level of industry adoption to compete with well-known CRMs like Redtail, Salesforce, and Juncture. What's interesting, though, is that Starburst has three other products in addition to Wealthbox CRM, which are InvestorSay, an online community centered around investing ideas, PaperTrade.io, a plugin for simulated stock trading contests, and Wealthbase, a question-and-answer website that reminds me a lot of Quora. So the Series A funding won't exclusively support Wealthbox CRM because I'm sure it'll be allocated across all four products, but at least the new investment will do more than just keep the lights on at Starburst's Soho offices. Now, they don't have a personal chef on site or anything, but the offices are more than adequate to support the work the team needs to get done. And don't forget, Wealthbox CRM is included in the technology package for anyone who's a member of the XY Planning Network, which is growing at its own eye-opening pace. So I'm not at all concerned that the product might go away anytime soon. An acquisition, on the other hand, is a whole nother story, but that's a risk you take with any independent technology provider that you use in your business, and it's not a risk that's exclusive to Wealthbox CRM. So with that, let me just say that I believe Wealthbox CRM deserves a little more respect and recognition in the industry for the adoption it has already earned among advisors in just a few short years. Now, speaking of XY Planning Network, they're also in the news this week after announcing a partnership with eMoney Advisor, where members of the network will receive enterprise pricing to EMX Pro. EMX Pro is the top of the line package that offers planning modules for cash flow, estate, investment, and retirement illustrations above and beyond the client portal and account aggregation in the less expensive tiers. Retail pricing for EMX Pro is around $3,800 a year, so enterprise pricing is probably 10 to 20% less than that, but it doesn't bring the total price down to about the $1,000 range, which is where planning software like MoneyGuide Pro and InStream offer pricing discounts to XYPN members. 
I have two more quick stories worth mentioning. First, I saw that Morgan Stanley was ordered to pay a $13 million civil settlement brought by the SEC after the commission found that more than 149,000 clients were charged excess fees of more than $16 million between 2002 and 2016 as a result of billing errors. The firm also failed to comply with custody rules by not conducting surprise audits on client accounts for which the firm had custody. So, accurate billing is one of those things that often goes underappreciated inside your advisory business. Now, if you have robust portfolio accounting systems like Orion, Investnet Tamarack, Advent, AssetBook, and others, it's probably built in and pretty seamless. But I know some firms still calculate fees using custom Excel spreadsheets. And if that's you, this action against Morgan Stanley should be a reminder for you that it's probably time to replace your Excel spreadsheets with a more robust and less error-prone accounting system. And to wrap up advisor technology news, I saw that Cabinet Paperless, a document management company based in Huntsville, Alabama, was acquired by SciGen Software for an undisclosed amount. SciGen offers document scanning and capture technology, and it's safe to say that once you capture a document electronically, you'll need a good solution to index, store, and archive all that information, hence the acquisition of Cabinet. Now, someone challenged me last week about why I think advisors are behind on technology adoption. So when I think of document management, this is one of the solutions where I think I'm correct in that a minority of advisors have actually purchased and implemented a robust solution here. So your top contenders are Laserfiche, Cabinet, NetDocuments, and possibly SharePoint if you can justify the cost and customization required to make that work right in your firm. So moving on, I didn't come across any cool or disconcerting apps this week to share, so I'll get right to my soapbox to wrap up this week's update. Now sometime in the next few days, I hope you'll take about 20 to 25 minutes to read an essay in The New Yorker by Dr. Atul Gawande about incremental care or primary care and the differences and trade-offs of that kind of physician interaction compared to acute care or the interaction one might receive from a specialist. Now, yes, there are some connections with health insurance and the health insurance political debate, but this essay helped me set aside my own political beliefs and consider what I want from my long-term healthcare interactions. Now, I'm one of the fortunate ones. My wife works for a big employer that offers a high-deductible healthcare plan with subsidized premiums and pretty good coverage. So I try not to lose sight of how much of a privilege it is not to have to worry each year about our family's coverage. But that's not true for millions of Americans nationwide. And I'm sure many of your clients, especially your small business owners, spend a lot of time each year evaluating some very difficult choices around the coverage, not only for their employees, but coverage for their own household. And many of you, as owners of independent RIAs, you're in the same boat. So that's why this essay was a very compelling read for me. It was definitely worth 25 minutes of my time, and I hope you'll find it's worth your time too. So I've linked to all of this week's featured stories over on my website, so be sure to check them out over at fppad.com slash 203. And that wraps up this week's broadcast on the best in advisor technology and more. If you have something to say or have a story you think should be featured in a future episode, please send me a tweet on Twitter. I'm at Bill Winneberg. Or if you're not already receiving my email newsletter, you can sign up for that at fbpad.com slash subscribe. So thank you so much for listening. I'm Bill Winneberg and see you next time.